everyone a very warm welcome to another exciting episode of psychology talks and this week we're going to discuss a very interesting topic um, that is the art of selling without selling a lot of people have this idea that you know this episode will be more related to sales people but sales and selling um, are not only related to the sales people sales although at the current time like they have a bit of bad reputation because of some like people like usually when they sell anything it seems that they are always pushing and they are trying to sell whether the customer needs it or not so they're trying to pursue their uh, persuade their customer to buy their service or or product which they may not even want so this creates a sort of a friction a resistance between people who are selling and who are buying and that creates a negative sort of uh, reputation of the sales and selling and a lot of people actually consider that sales people are more manipulative they have this they're always pressurizing others to you know do something which they don't want but we sometimes when we um, look at sales the entire process of selling uh, the product or service or whatever we need to see that you know this is the process of selling is actually very much a part of our lives every moment uh, in the life we are telling someone about our ideas convincing them about our you know any concept or something like every time we are actually selling something to the other person so that's how selling is somehow very much integral part of our daily lives so in this episode we're going to discuss that how selling can be is an integral part of our lives and how can we make it in a smooth way and not look like as if it's manipulative or it's more pressurizing or it's more pushy so that's why i have invited our guest today who is an expert in this field uh, and our guest today is shay lynch he is a business strategist he has helped hundreds of companies around the world he has vast experience of selling and six sigma six sigma and uh, he has transformed a lot of businesses and companies and he supported on site remotely and saving a lot of money for uh, the clients by introducing right technique of selling so let's intro- uh, let's welcome shay lynch hello shay thank hello, you so much lovely to be here thanks for that lovely introduction thank you very much thank you so much for joining it's an honor to have you here it's a pleasure to be here and hello to all your audience that are saying hello and yeah. lovely to meet you all yeah thank you for joining us and please um uh put you uh write down in the comments that where are you from so maybe we'll just get in touch so before we go into the discussion i usually um uh, ask our, my audience uh, my guest to give us a little bit of introduction 
uh, about themselves. Uh, tell us a little more uh, about you, that why you came into this field and what the struggles you faced. Oh God, that's a long question, Ambrine. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, or long answer, you. should I say? Well, I'll keep it as tight as I can. Well, okay. like, what am I? I'm an engineer, right, by trade. I'm a process guy. I build systems, always build step by step, process by process, system by system. Mm -hmm. And then I got into an art called Lean Six Sigma, where it's not just about building the process. Well, how can you make it better? How can you do better things? How can you deliver better? you know, add more value to the customer all the time. And I did this for a very long time and I did it with so many different elements of business and different sectors. So I had this great idea of setting up my own business back in 2007, the year before the crash. And, and my first, like I did it with a business partner. He was the guy who was going to design and implement all their solutions. I was the guy that was going to get all the business. I had never done sales in my life before. And I remember sitting on my computer first day, first day of um, January 2007 and looking at my computer going, what the hell do I do now? I had no idea what to do. And all I could do was think about my process. How could I build a sales process? And I did do some courses and, and my dad, like, and to add to that, my dad was a jeweler. He had his own business and I grew up in the, in the trade with him and he sold to people all the time, but I never really took notice of what he did. But why is that important to tell you? Because once I started building my step-by-step -step process and I kept getting blocked or the phone hung up and all the no's and the rejections and all that, I started to realize it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. And that was a big eureka moment for me. And even doing the sales courses, like I, one thing I noticed about my dad when he sold was that he never sold. He helped. He problem solved and even said, look, if you're not happy with it, if your partner's not happy with it, bring it in. We'll change it. There's no problem. He always made sure the customer was always super satisfied. He never sold anything to anyone they didn't want. He never sold it over and above in a price that he didn't feel was right for what he was giving. And I never realized how valuable those lessons were at the time because I wasn't really paying attention. But none of, like even doing the sales courses and listening to people when they were taking notes when the when the instructor or the facilitator would say something. And then I would um be going, well, like if you were a nice person, you would do that naturally. You shouldn't have to be taking these things down because if you're a good person, these are the things you do because you want to help, you want to serve, and you want to make sure they're satisfied with everything you do. So over time, I started building what I called the value um, sales funnel. And it was a systematic funnel where I would only talk to somebody if I could add value to them even before the sale. It wasn't just about selling, it was helping them even before I got to sale. And that was the big thing that changed everything for me, Ambreen. I went from getting like, 20% conversions to 70% conversions in a matter of months. And it transformed my business, it transformed my company and how I acted in that company. And then I was teaching, when I hired a sales team to do this work for me, I could teach them simple stuff that worked, not all these complicated jargon and things. I taught them how to be a really good person when they're selling to people. And that's that's how it stemmed. And then once I did it with my own business, 
as I said, I was saying before, back in the studio, like I, I set that up before the crash and then the crash happened and I could have exited my business, but I decided not to. Myself, my business partner really turned that business around and we thrived during the crash of 2008. And once we got through that, I actually sold my part because then I had a passion to help companies achieve what I did through a recession. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So that's my short, long answer to your question, Amberine. Uh, yeah, we actually had a very inspiring journey, I would say, especially like learning from your dad as uh, mm. like, you know, serving your customer in a right way. I think that's the main important uh, part of selling, uh, knowing your um, customer. And uh, it's, it's I think it's the attitude, like rather than selling or it's uh, we need to have the mindset change. We need to have the mindset that we are serving them. And when we have this change of attitude, we are actually taking the role of, you know, understanding their needs and then serving them according to their needs. And I think that's the shift that helps us realize that, you know, selling is not always about pushing your products and, you know, and then uh, uh, just asking them to buy the product. It's not like that. It's just yeah. trying to figure out what do they need and how can we serve them better. Yeah. Right? And that's it, Ambrin, because like you said a word there to serve. I always say when I'm when I'm teaching sales, your goal is not to get sales. Your goal is to serve. Your goal is to help. Your goal is to add value even before the sale, during the sale, after the sale. And then when you do, when you serve and add value, the consequence is business and profits yeah. for you it's not the goal it's the consequence of you doing all the other stuff and that is a mind shift, mind mind shift and um, change as well for people to think about it's not selling yes it's important but it's not the goal and yeah. once you change that because when you sell right multiple things happen then because the hardest sale in the game is the one where you have to start from the beginning of the funnel, pick up that phone, generate leads and bring them all the way through. When you do it really well by adding value before the sale, then when you get to sale and then you add value after the sale, you'll get repeat business, first of all. And then over time, they'll open up their network to you. So you'll get more business. And there, that's the most effective sales in the game. So by doing it right with ethics and values, you will actually do better in the long term. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So moving on to our discussion, um, I asked you that, is there any techniques or like you use to find out that, uh, or maybe like psychological ways or to use some techniques to find out that how to serve them better, how to get to the needs of, um, of the customer? Yeah, well, it's, it's a really good point. And I mentioned this um, term, um, called value before the sale, right? Yeah. And this, again, coming going back to my lean principles, lean and Six Sigma is all about adding value. And again, people think lean is about like cost reductions. No, that's again a consequence. If you only add focus on value and do value activities to achieve value for your customer and forget about all the other activities, you will by consequence remove a lot of waste in your business or process, right? So I got me thinking about how could I add value before the sale? And I decided as a consultant, so this is just one example of how I figure things out. And I'd love your 
your um, audience then to think about in their own environment, how could they apply the same principles, is that instead of me doing a sales meeting, okay, I would ring up a potential client and, and say, look, instead of me coming in and telling you what I can do and tell you how amazing I am, how about we do a, a small workshop? You bring in some stakeholders, you give me a problem, and we'll do a bit of a problem-solving workshop. And then, at least if you're not interested, then we both got something out of it. You got to see me, you got some help from me, so we both got something. And the, what I didn't realize at the time, and bringing how good that was, right? I did it because I knew it was the right thing to do, right? But I didn't realize, first of all, I didn't just have one stakeholder in the meeting, I had multiple. So I had multiple potential clients if it's a big business, yeah. that's number one. Second of all, they got to see what I could do, not just me tell them. And then they could see if I was a good fit for them or not. But also, I could see if I wanted to work with them as well. Yeah. So I would ask, I'd have these questions in my mind um, about that I may talk through the course of the workshop and, and get them out in the course of conversation. That would give me a good indication and a good feeling in my gut whether I should yes, I want to do business or not, because then I have the power to walk away as well. And that was a very powerful thing for me in terms of only taking on business that I felt I could help people with and I felt they would be good for me too. Because here's the thing, like, again, like sales should be first all about relationships, about relationship building and making sure that both have a part to play in that relationship. And I call it the win-win, Ambreen. You have to make sure you win for them and yeah. they win for you. If you win for them, but they lose for you, or you lose for them, they win for you, That's not. that doesn't work. That will not work. You'll end up um, regretting the work either way. So it's important to ensure that you can go into a relationship for a sale, a piece of work, where you know both parties will value this and get something out of it. Yeah, I mean, that's a wonderful point that you brought it here, that um, actually what I would take from your um, discussion this here, that it's it's a mutual relationship. It's not mm. something that they are picking up. Uh, they are looking for some, you know, pro service provider. It's like, for example, if we are providing service, we are equally in the position to choose them as well. And it's, it shouldn't be the one like they are the one that they are always choosing their service partners. It's mm. like we as a service provider also have the right and the ability to choose them because as you mentioned that it should be a win-win situation. It's not something that, you know, it's always they have to, they, they are the one who are dominating in the relationship. No, it doesn't work like that. It's, it has to be mutually agreed uh, relationship where both parties respect each other and have confidence over each other's capabilities. And that is the only way the, the relationship uh, moves in a better direction. So I think this mutual um, uh, relationship, you know, it has to be really balanced. Right? And it does, Ambrian, but that takes time. That just doesn't happen. If you're a sales rep and you pick up a phone to have a meeting and then you just tell them about your fancy features and benefits, that's never going to work. Like you have to take yeah. time out and build a relationship. Like yeah. we were talking earlier on, to sell is human. We're always selling something, Ambrian. 
we're selling our personalities. We're, sell we're mm -hmm. selling our values. We're selling our integrity. We're selling how we can help each other. We, we're selling all these things without realizing it. It's actually no different when it comes to in a formal environment where you're a sales rep for a company. It's the same principles. The only difference is the application. It's, yeah. it's about being authentically you and like applying that in a way that you have to. And again, if you're just there to make money in sales, you're in the wrong game. You need to be there to build relationships and to serve and to problem solve. And forget about putting your square product in their round hole requirements. You know, they have to, they have to fit. You have to see, can you really solve their problems and then some, or if you can't be honest and go, look, I can't solve your problem, but I think I know someone who can, and people yeah. will respect you for that. And then even if you start a piece of work and it's not going the right way, I've had to exit pieces of work because then I've realized that, look, I can't give you, I thought I could, but I can't, but I've organized someone else who I think will fit your um, requirements better than me because I'd rather not leave a bad taste in their mouth. I'd rather not have to a product like, or um, a project. And then we both feel bitter. Yeah, yeah. enjoy it. Absolutely. And, and I think this is again a, a very important thing is uh, that we need to focus on the relationship. Mm. And, and that's where I always see the, the application of the knowledge of psychology comes in because whether it is like, you know, it's a B2B, B2C, or like any sort of business, it's always a human to human relationship. Mm. So, you know, like if we are even selling a product or something like we can, we may call them like customer, client, prospect or whatever. But at the end of the day, whoever we are serving is actually a human being. That person has emotion. We shouldn't see that person as just a prospect or a client or a customer. We need to take it like take that person as a whole personality. He's also, he could be a father, he could be a brother, mm. he could be a son. So like he is also playing multiple roles. And when we actually look beyond this definition of prospect and customer, we try, then I think we are in a position to actually build a relationship. And that's where I feel that uh, it comes that, you know, um, that, that's how they like, you know, the selling comes in or applies in our daily lives and that's how like you know when whenever we are talking to someone even not necessarily we are selling the product or something maybe like to our spouse or to our like mother or to anyone who are in like the informal relationship somehow we are actually convincing them to give them like to share the idea to give the concept so, so that's how i feel it comes it becomes the integral part of our daily lives so yeah. what are your views on that how no it is and it is a part of that and like i couldn't i couldn't emphasize that more Ambrain, about building relationships and i'll give you one example and again i never realized with my dad when he was selling if someone came into my dad's jewelry shop right the first question was how was your day how are you getting on and in Ireland, we have this thing. We talk about the weather a lot. It's just what we do, right? Mm -hmm. And so you may ask, are you enjoying the weather or the weather's terrible? And we, oh, it's a, it's an icebreaker and you have a conversation, right? But here's the thing. My dad would keep talking and talking and talking to them until they said, look, I'm looking for something. Can you help mm -hmm. me with this? 
And again, when I was doing sales courses, like it's like a psychological trick. And again, it can be used for good or bad, manipulative or for a reason, whether don't, don't push yourself on people and let them invite you in to talk about your products because it's a different psychological thing happening then. If you're pushing your fancy features and benefits on them and they don't, they don't, may not want to listen to that until they say, look, can you help me with X, Y, and Z? Then you're invited into talk. And it's the same. And I was going, my dad always did that. I never realized. And he didn't do it because he learned psychology. He did it because he was a nice person. He just wanted to help people and make sure they were comfortable in his environment. So that was a big one for me. And another principle was I would never meet anyone unless I could add value for them. Because again, I could meet them for my own company requirements and, and sales, but that was of no use to them. And then I was wasting their time. That I would only meet them if I could offer some value to them. So any touch point that you created along your sales process or funnel, I, it'd only be when I could offer something to them for free or value, even before the sale. And I always say to people, like, there's at least 10 to 15 things that you can do as a salesperson to offer for free to whatever client base or market you're in. You can add value to them without looking for a sale. And once you can figure these out, you've got great reasons to contact people and offer genuine value. As I said, my favorite one for me was to do workshops with them because then they'd really get to see my personality, my character, what I could do. And again, not everybody would like that, Ambreen, and that's okay. You're not there to please everyone. You're there to be authentically you and see does that fit in with their, um, th their like business and culture and whatever but the goal for me the big principle is always be problem solving always offer help if you can but never sell sell without selling and again as i said if if you're a nice human being and you want these are the things you just think about it, like the principles for me what would you do if you're a nice person if you were going to a friend i guarantee if you were trying to sell to a friend you'd sell differently to a friend than you would a stranger because you'd be helping your friend, not a stranger. And if you can apply the same principles, you would do the same thing. Yeah, uh, I, I actually love this uh, brilliant tip about this, you know, like when you, uh, your dad used to talk about, uh, about different things and let the client or the other person open up. And that is when you find out what are their needs. And um, because, you know, that's, that can, that is, very much applicable in our daily lives also for example even if i take the uh of my example as a mother like telling my kids to do something when i tell them to do them anything they would never listen to me but when they come and ask for help they would willingly listen to me so it's somehow it's it's uh, it's i think the human psyche that you mm. know when they will come to you for help they would be more willing to borrow, to form a relationship rather than like we come to them and ask them to you know forcefully build a relationship it will never work it has mm. to be as you as we mentioned like you know as we initially discussed that it has to be mutual mutual mm. relationship always you know there has to be a balance in this it shouldn't be one-sided like maybe we are pushing them to build a relationship or they are like working to find out you know the, to get the solution it shouldn't be um forcefully 
done it has to be done in a natural flow like as you said that you know when we go to help out our friend it would be a completely different approach you know because we know that person we know that we uh, how we can serve them better and that would mm-hmm. what would be that person's need and then we will tailor our discussion or whatever this as per their needs rather than you know just going them and like just read the same template to every other person that okay we have this 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 feature mm-hmm. this 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 product and they would never first of all it puts the other person off completely that you know that person is just having giving us the same copy paste formula for everyone mm. the second thing is that you know the person would feel offended that you know they are just only interested in selling the process their yeah. product services and it should never happen i think that is one major resistance that like it creates a major resistance of friction between the relationship when the other person sees that you know the other person is more manipulative or more mm-hmm. pressurizing so i think that's how and that uh, that friction can be resolved only through when we or when we uh, when we we have this mindset of serving them and trying to understand their needs and help them better yeah no that's so so on point ambreen and it reminded me of a situation again when i started working for myself and technically i'm a business consultant or management consultant and i remember i was going to these networking events in person when we could actually meet in person all those years ago um and people would ask me what did i do and i said i'm a management consultant and i could literally see their eyes go like that <laughs> like either yeah. he's really boring or either he's going to try and sell me his services yeah. right and i saw like it was like a brick wall in front of me like a, a noise proof they just switched <laughs> off completely yeah. and that and it took me a long time to well, i wouldn't say a long time but i knew i had to figure something out and like when i started playing around with some different ideas again i went back to well what do people want to hear like it's not about me telling them I've, I've got my elevator 30 second pitch that I spiel off. As you said, you can't be the same thing to everyone. Um, I started saying things like, well, I give businesses back their time and they would go, okay, that's interesting. How do you do that? Well, so I teach them what their value is in their business. And I said, do you know what your value is? And they go, well, we have this product or this feature and they would struggle. And I said, see, that's what, a lot of my customers struggle with so i help them find out what their value is and then by definition we know all the value processes and steps in the process to achieve that value for the customers but then we also know what's non-value and then we look at development strategies to eradicate or mitigate these non-value activities as best we can so you only focus on your value and that's how we give your business back your time and and they go okay wow wow, wow. and then i asked them another question and then when i give you back your time what do you do with it? And and they and then they go well, well uh, and they go well. Look, this is where I really help. Once I create capacity in your business, I'll start working with your sales team so we can actually develop more sales, and then we drop more sales into your free extra free capacity. So you're scaling your business without scaling your cost, and that's how I help companies. And once I and then they go well. Look, I'd love to hear more. Would you like to have a coffee sometime? But again, it's it's me getting into a situation where I can actually honestly tell them how i can help companies like them and for them to listen because they asked me questions i didn't push it on it and then yeah. i'd ask them a question and then yeah. they go okay i don't know 
and then I'd help them. And again, it just, it just, it invites good conversation as opposed to having this, I'm a management consultant, I can save you 30% yeah. of your bottom line, I can create you whatever. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's how you can have an open, honest conversation where people actually want to listen. Yes, I think that's, in fact, um, I was uh, reading the book, Psychology of Influence, and it's, it's okay, exactly yeah. the same thing that is written in that book. And, you know, when we, it was written that when you go to a situation, to a, to any, you know, uh, to an event where you want to start a conversation, it's, you don't start a conversation by introducing yourself, like, you know, I'm a blah, 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 this, this because nobody would be interested in that. You need to find uh, like sort of a first of all a study like people and then try to find out the like one problem that where they would be interested mm -hmm. to listen to so as you said like if, if there is like you know there's you said that like these the, uh, what are the values that your clients are or maybe what are the values of the company or whatever like you know the problem that may be at the at that time or where the problem that the solution you can offer to so you can talk about the problem rather than solution that you would be providing them so once you engage their attention about the problem and then you actually uh, pitch in your uh, you know your services and then you try to tell them that okay this is the problem and then this is like your problem and then there is this is how you come in and you can save them so mm. it's, it's like you know you build a conversation and you create an interest, uh, or you, you actually grab their interest and attention towards you. So it's it's yeah. very much like that. It's, it's again, how it's, psychology works. It's, it's, it's like psychology. And by the way, I don't pretend to be a psychologist, Ambarine. No, I know basics. I, I study some of it as a subject because I find it fascinating. The older I get, the more fascinated I am with it. But it's so it's such a deep um, subject, and I have friends that are experts in it. And one of my friends, um, he's a he's a leading authority in the world on neurolinguistic programming (LMP) NLP. So I've learned a lot from him, but not even just about about like psychology of other people and conversations, but the psychology of you, right? About making sure that you turn up to the situation the way you want to be turned up and the way you want people so you can't just turn up into a situation and be in a bad mood and your shoulders shook forward come down like this you have to make sure you're presenting your your best self all the time and what he taught me a lot um about being able to do that about why that's important about people will see and hear through your voice and see through your body language what you're really like in a situation and that not maybe representative that could be just a bad situation but people will have this impression and and first impressions last sometimes so if you don't present yourself right you, you're not doing you're not doing the conversation justice straight away yeah very true and it's like we are more than you know it's like words are just the mode of communication but mm. we are actually communicating more through our language or through our tone through our body so you know it's the communication is like you know the words spoken words are only i think like 10 percent or something mm. but this like the tone the tonality the vibes the body language comes you know are uh, conveys message better or in a more efficient way like if my my words would not uh, be in congruence with my body language 
you will definitely get a different meaning of whatever I say. So totally. And yeah. like it would build mistrust straight away, Amberine, especially if, if you're talking about the sales environment again, if, if I see a, a misalignment between what you say and how you act, I don't trust you straight away as a salesperson and I will never do business with you. You know, yeah. I may have a nice conversation with you and we may have a common interest in a sport, but I would never buy off you because you've just misaligned yourself. And that again is why like the best thing you can ever do is be authentically you. And again, my friend has this quite great quote and um, his name is Onfus Patrick and he's got amazing books on the subject, but he has this great quote, what I love, like be more you and you more. Oh, love and, it. <laughs> and you can say it backwards. You can say be you more and be more you, you can say it both ways, but it's all about be authentically you like, and, and mostly, for 99.99% of the population in the world, that's a good thing, right? Because yeah. they're mostly good people, right? Yeah, but absolutely. be you, be, don't be a pretender. And that's yeah. what something I learned. I used to be a pretender all the time. I could pretend I could do this, I could do that. No, be you, be integral, be honest, be authentic. And then people will see the real you regardless of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this, I feel that the, the major problem of, you know, that that held back, hold back people from being their authentic self is that when the people try to hide their weakness mm. or something like they are, they feel that they're ashamed of, you know, for example, if they say that if uh, someone asked the question, do you know that thing or not? And they, if they don't, they, they don't know about anything, they try to, you know, come up with something which they might not know. And that, I think that would make them look more stupid than, you know, mm. even if they had accepted that, you know, they did not know. So I, accepting the weakness is actually a strength. And totally. they, this is the, when they, when we realize that, you know, this is our weakness and when we accept them, then I think we become authentically our own self. Yeah. And I like that's, that brings me to another really important point um, in who you are. Like, and I'm just going to tell you an example. Like, even though I work for myself and, but I do client work and sometimes I will have to do psychometrics tests to yeah. see will I fit in with the culture. And that's all well and good. I find them very interesting activities, by the way, in tests, but, and they're usually pretty accurate and I find them great learning, um, um, like activities for oneself. So I do recommend them and I recommend one in particular called the strength finder. But anyway, I remember I did, I was doing a project with a medical device company. And when I got my results, they said to me, look, we see that you're really good with risk and strategy. And, and I go, well, that makes sense. Cause that's what I do. So yeah. And I love what I do. So I should be good at it because I enjoy it and I love doing it there. That's the key combination to be happy. Love what you do and serve others doing it. Right. Yeah. And they said, they said there was opportunities to improve on your, um, your, um, what was it? I can't remember the term, but it was all to do with my, my wording and my report writing. So do you know what they said to me? They said, we'll send you on a report writing, um, course. And I said, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And I said, no, you have to. And I said, no, I won't. And I'm quite happy not to take the project if that's a deal breaker because I don't want to waste my time and I don't yeah. want to waste yours because I'll be the same level of report writing after it because I have, I have my own style of reporting 
and like I like it and it's not maybe what they believe but this is what I am and I won't do any differently I said why don't you put me on a risk or strategy course so I can be better at serving you and what you've employed me to do yeah. <laughs> and they didn't I refused yeah. to do the report writing but they didn't send me on that and I just couldn't understand how they would misuse such a great tool yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's uh, something is uh, really important to um, to ex uh, to accept that you know if you don't it's it's okay to let go of the opportunity because mm. uh, you know if it's better not to do something which you don't know rather than you know do something in a bad way which will actually spoil your relationship and you know get the really bad feeling to the clients and to uh, others as well so yeah. anyways um i'm afraid that uh, we are running out of time now and uh, it's <laughs> we already uh, overrun so before we finish um the uh, before we close this show um what advice would you give to our audience today well, you said one word towards the end of the conversation there, which I believe is very important. Play to your strengths. Know what your strengths are and use them often. Use them as much as you can because that's who you are. And if you have people that work underneath you, like encourage them to use their strengths as well because you will get the best out of them. If you can apply their strengths to a business need, you will get results all the time and allow people be authentically themselves and encourage them. Don't try and put a round hole into a square box. Just don't allow people be authentically themselves and be authentically yourself too. Yeah, I think that's the brilliant advice. One thing I was just wondering, like my chats are not visible. I don't know why I think it's just this like <laughs> moving around so if i think uh, if you have uh, if you could see the chat any or if you have any questions just feel free to answer them somehow it's not appearing on my uh, no I, i've seen people saying thank you lovely topic oh, and cool. um and a few of our colleagues robert barry hi robert great to see you here <laughs> and um yeah, so no, I think everyone's just saying thanks. It's a great topic. And but if any if anyone has any questions after, please yeah, put please them in the comments yeah. and I'll answer them. Yeah, and, and please tell our audience that how they can reach out to you. Maybe like you have um, your well, uh, site, or maybe like they can just DM you through LinkedIn and LinkedIn. Your connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm I'm active enough on LinkedIn, and I have a website called FutureStateAcademy.com where I do weekly blogs. And there's a lot of really good information if you want to learn more about yeah, what I do. But put please... it in the chat also. Somehow my chat yeah. is not working. I don't know yeah. why. So it's, yeah, I'm not uh, sure I can do it either. By the way, I can do it after the call. I can okay, put it maybe in there. like after that. Yeah, that would be much better. Somehow it's disabled at the moment. So <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> anyway. So whoever wants uh, to get help from Shay, please um, reach out to him through LinkedIn. And we'll share the link of his website uh, in the chat, uh, in the comment box, so you can reach out to him. And whoever joins today, whoever has joined today, please thank, uh, thank you so much for joining us and hope you've learned a lot from our discussion, especially uh, the in, like discussion and the rich experience from Shay. So, and thank you so much uh, for joining, Shay. Uh, you have been like, uh, the discussion was amazing. Even I learned a lot from you. So I'm happy to hear so that. Much. Thanks, for, thanks again 
for the oh, invitation. It was an honor to be here, Ambreen. Thank you so much and take care and goodbye. Bye all. Thank you. Bye bye.